the content found on thebestdayever.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Okay, welcome everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gauthier, and I am here with David Avocado Wolf in this very special audio piece discussing his latest book, Chaga, King of the Medicinal Mushrooms. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave. I'm super, super glad to join you and very excited about this book. It's just incredible. I'm really, really happy with the way it came out. Much better than I expected. It's much bigger than I expected, and we've got some incredible, groundbreaking scientific information in the book. Dave, most people think of you as a speaker, someone who travels the world doing public speaking engagements, educating people on superfood and superherb nutrition, but you're also a prolific writer. You've written several books, most notably Sun Food Diet Success System, which is one of my favorite books. You've written some truly amazing pieces of work on nutrition, health, primarily superfood. It's weird. I mean, I, I, I figured out like a little angle on how to write books about, it's probably 20 years ago now, just a little, just a little angle that works for me. I don't know if it'll work for anybody else, but I'm really not a writer. But what's, what's interesting is I do remember my seventh grade English teacher. I was really having trouble with English and, and he said to me something that, that just stuck with me and it actually happened to me. And that is he said that English was always his worst subject until he got out of college and then suddenly it became his best subject. And that's what happened to me. It just, I, I was always in math and physics and I was completely engineering brain. And then as soon as I got out of college, I completely switched. I didn't want anything to do with math and physics and it was all about writing and, and, and language. So, you know, I kind of just fell into it. And Dave, you're truly one of the world's great orators, and I know you've spoken at length about how you came to become such a great speaker and, and really able to give extraordinary live presentations and lectures. Certainly that's come across in the way that you write, because the way that you write is very inspiring. I've never read any books that sort of touched at the heart of the matter and inspired you, as well as providing an extraordinary amount of information. Well, thank you. I mean, I try to, I try to translate my voice into my books and it's difficult for me i have to say you know even though i'm i'm you know putting out all these books it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy there's been a lot of nights from two to four in the morning you know knocking this stuff out and just suddenly it just comes and i just blurt it out and then piece it together later so yeah i really appreciate that and really appreciate that you you're feeling um the energy coming through and you know that's always what i what i feel like i'm, I'm my goal is is just to transmit that energy through so let's talk about your latest work, which is the book Chaga, King of the Medicinal Mushrooms. And my first question for you as an author is what inspired you to write this book? What got you interested in Chaga? And then upon developing that interest and fascination, created this work that we see now? I think it began just haphazardly. I mean, I, I got into Rishi Mushroom because I was cornered in a health food store by Truth Calkins almost 10 years ago. And, uh, and that really turned me into a wild Rishi hunter. And, and being out in the forest up here in, in Canada and also in New England looking for reishi mushrooms. Eventually, I started looking for other stuff, like what else is out here? And somehow, I stumbled across research out of Siberia on chaga mushroom. And knowing what I know about the forests of Europe and the forests of Siberia and the forests of Canada and the U.S., 
I, I just figured that it can't just be in Siberia. It has to be here, too. And so I called the Mycological Society of Toronto, and I said, hey, you know, have you ever heard of the Shaga Mushroom, and are you guys into it, and what's the story? And they're like, we don't even know what that is. That's like something from Siberia. So they just completely didn't know what, what I was talking about. And so eventually I just got on Google Images, and I started punching up pictures of it, and I thought, you know, this is out there. I've seen this before somewhere. And one day I was out in the woods and found it. And then, you know, I started realizing just because people aren't onto it doesn't mean that it's not there. Just because somebody hasn't, you know, gotten totally focused in on it doesn't mean that it's not that, that I can't step along and go, hey, let's get this thing going. So that was about six or seven years ago. It's been, it's been a while now. And about six summers ago, we just were hunting shaga like crazy over here. We were going out. We were getting shagas. We were making shaga juns like six years ago. We were making teas, powdering the material, eating it, making shaga cherry honey torts. I'm sorry, chaga cherry chocolate torts. Um, those are amazing honey torts and, you know, like freezing those and then it kind of eating these little, little, little dessert snacks made out of chaga. It's really been an awesome journey. Now, what happened was is I started to look into research on the, on this incredible mushroom and it was very sporadic. It was all coming out of Russia. It was hard to translate over. There was very little research in Western culture about chaga and I just started pulling it all together, and eventually I thought, well, you know, I got the beginnings of a book here. I thought, Shaga, you know, nobody cares about Shaga, but nevertheless, it was like the universe just kept saying, no, this is it. You need to do this. Keep going, and, and so I kept going, and then inevitably, like the coup de grace of this entire book was I had a, a lab in Toronto contact me that had been testing Shaga, and they knew I was writing a book on Shaga, and they, they were absolutely out of their minds about how amazing this was in the lab data that they were getting, so they said, come over to Toronto check it out. So I went over to Toronto. I checked it out. I was completely blown away, totally flabbergasted by the whole situation. And we were able to get that, that data into this book. It's the latest scientific data on Chaga Mushroom. It's unparalleled in the world. And that's really when I knew that this thing is going to, this thing's going to fly. And Dave, you have a knack for sort of rediscovering some of the great superfoods of the world. You sort of single-handedly brought raw cacao to the marketplace, raw coconut oil, goji berry, and now you've sort of rediscovered and brought to the forefront chaga. Writing this book, what do you hope people will take away from reading about chaga? Well, I, I cover it all. There's there's the history and the legends and the lore. There's the nutrients. There's the history of it as a cancer-fighting herb and super herb. There's a tremendous download of like what to do with the material, um, and how to how to get the wild stuff, what kind of products are in stores, what different value those products have. For example, shaga alcohol tinctures are very powerful antiviral, and the research is indicating also very anti-tumor. And but that but the shaga water soluble fraction, like what you'd make a tea of, it's immunological and amazing, but it doesn't have that very powerful antiviral, anti-tumor hit. It, that only is in the alcohol-soluble fraction or the fat-soluble fraction. There's that kind of information there. There's all kinds of recipes. Everything is in there, including that shaga chocolate cherry tort that's in there and and everything else there's a lot of tea recipes superfood super herb combo recipes that's awesome I'm, I'm really happy about it chaga chocolate combos chocolate hot chocolates all kinds of stuff and dave i know when you write your books you do a tremendous amount of research and preparation for your writing what was some of the research that you came across russian or otherwise that really stuck with you maybe surprised you shocked you and and what did you discover along the way in researching this book 
so much. One of the most amazing things about chaga is its melanin content. Melanin is a, like a black pigment. It's a pigment of color. It's an antioxidant. It's a super antioxidant that is very part and parcel to our own metabolism. It has to do with our hearing, our endocrine system, our eyesight. It has to do with the way we think. It has to do with our skin. It, it has an ubiquitous quality. It's a number one nutrient for our pineal gland. Chaga is the highest content of melanin of any plant in the world or any mushroom in the world by far. I mean, there's nothing even close to it. And that's really strange and very unusual. Mm-hmm. There's, there's also a very interesting angle, too, on chaga that came in this research that I was talking about out of Toronto. And that is it turns out that chaga is the highest alkaline content food in the world by far, without question, based on the actual science of alkalinity, which is essentially it contains more alkaline minerals and more interesting alkaline minerals than any other food substance, herb substance ever discovered. And Dave, you've been researching medicinal mushrooms for quite some time, and you've named this book the king of medicinal mushrooms. Where does it fit in in the spectrum of other medicinal mushrooms? You know, you've always talked about the number one, number two. Where does this fit in when we talk about the other tree mushrooms, and where does it differ in what it can provide us health-wise from something like reishi or another tree mushroom? Okay, well, shaga is, it's the king. I mean, there, that it just kept coming up over and over again. It's so weird. It's so different than any other polypore or tree mushroom. Number one, it grows in, in birch trees, and birch trees are pioneer trees. And I've said this before, Lou, and you've heard me talk about this before. And for everybody who's new, I, I'm going to say this again, and I want to clarify this point. And I really, there's something in this idea that I don't know about that I'm, that I'm looking at, something about it, that the pioneer plants – the plants that pioneer damaged ecosystems, the plants that pioneer places where glaciers had wiped the, the slate clean, the, the pioneer plants actually are where most of the most powerful medicines are. For example, Makuna is a pioneer plant. Astragalus is a pioneer plant. And one of the great pioneer plants in the temperate boreal forests of the northern hemisphere is birch. And birch is a pioneer. I really hunted this down, and I really recently just discovered that birch is actually a nitrogen fixer based on all the evidence. No one has really come out and said that, but basically nitrogen fixation is a property of a pioneering plant. And so birch is like a pioneer, and then within it, it carries this super mushroom, which isn't a surprise. Again, this has to do with this energy of these pioneering plants. If you start looking at the most powerful medicinal plants, you'll see that they're, that they're pioneers. It's just one of these weird things. One of them is asparagus. I mean, asparagus can grow on a lava field, no soil. It's unbelievable. And noni is another one. A pioneer plant can grow on a lava with no soil. So you start seeing that there's this connection. And then to find out birch is really a nitrogen fixer and then to have it, you know, be the, the host of shaga in most cases, you know, most instances you're going to find shaga and birch. Really just, it put a lot of pieces of the puzzle together for me. It just was super interesting to me. That's fascinating. And I know people throughout the ages have used shaga. And one of the interesting things I came across is they used to use shaga to transport fire. What are some of the uses historically that shaga has been associated with, uh, as well as the culturally? And we know the, the Eastern Europeans and the Russians use it, but what was it traditionally used for? And what did you come across in your research as it related to ancient civilizations? 
civilizations and cultures? It, it took me a long time to track this down and to actually get the picture. I do have the picture. It's not in the book because it wasn't high enough resolution, but in a future edition of this book, I'm actually going to track down the actual remains of this of this man um, who was found in the glacier between Austria and Italy. Um, you may remember the story of Otzi the Iceman, who was discovered by two hikers who, who were hiking in the Alps between Italy and Austria and saw a man, and they're like, oh, my God, there's somebody dead over there. And so they called the authorities, and they, they picked this man up, and it turned out that this guy had been frozen in ice for 5,000 years. And what was on him was a number of interesting items, including the oldest Shaga ever found, 5,000-year-old sample of Shaga that was in his belt. And this is an extraordinary find. I mean, when I finally found the picture and finally confirmed it, because it's hard to confirm it in the literature on Otzi the Iceman. They'll say it's a, it's a polypore that grows on birch, but they don't say which one it is. And I kept I kept thinking, okay, he definitely has Fomius Fomentarius on him, but he, he's got to have Shaga. And then I finally found the picture. Now, what he was using Shaga for, I'm sure, was food. You can actually eat Shaga. That's how Shaga is different, by the way, than these other medicinal mushrooms. Shaga is a, is a herniated mycelium. It's not actually the fruiting body. So most medicinal mushrooms, they pop out of the tree. That's the fruiting body. That's where the spores come out of. But shaga is different. The part that comes out of the tree is actually the part that normally with other mushrooms is in the tree. So shaga will only produce a fruiting body when the tree dies because it lives in a living tree. And you can actually just walk up to a shaga mushroom and take a bite out of it. It, it doesn't really taste that good. It doesn't taste bad. It tastes like cork. Um, but you can actually eat it, whereas you can't do that with a reishi mushroom. You know, you may, might be able to do it when it's very, very young. But once it hardens up, you, you can't bite into it. It's too woody. So he, he, no, he may have been eating it, but definitely he was also using it to control fire. Um, shaga is what's known as a coal extender. When you light a piece of shaga on fire, fire and it, it lights up as a coal, it, you can't put it out. It stays lit forever. And it was definitely one of the ways that humans had transported fire in the past. It's very, very important for survival, especially when we had low population after the Ice Age in, in Europe and, and in Siberia. He had it on him, and it's, it is it is a fact of history now that pretty much one of the oldest men ever found in the world actually had medicinal mushrooms on him, and one of those was a shaga. That's, I think that's incredible. Who is going to read this book? We know that we have people who are super into the superfoods and the super herbs. They're into the raw food lifestyle. They're very, very educated when it comes to nutrition. A lot of people get books for friends and family. If I'm thinking about getting this book for my aunt, my uncle, cousin, or a relative – what is it about Chaga that's going to pique the interest of the average Westerner or the average American? What is going to make them interested in Chaga, and why are they going to try to make that part of their everyday life, make a tea out of it or a smoothie? What, what's going to motivate them to do that? Okay, well, the, the main reason is is because it's immunological. It's food for the immune system. It may be the single best food ever discovered for the immune system. I'm sure it is, actually, based on the evidence. that That's what it looks like. It's also a very powerful aspect or part of a cancer-fighting strategy or diet. No question about it. Its history against cancer is incredible. It's deep. Um, it's in somewhat legendary. And I put all of that data in there, including kind of an update on how to approach cancer using Shaga. And there's a whole cancer fighting diet with Shaga in it that I put in there. It's based on all of my research, not just this book, but everything I've ever learned about how to deal with, with cancers is in here. I think going to attract that group. I think it's going to be very attractive to people who are just into survival. 
just like what's out there in the forest that we can live on, what's important survival information. So it's going to get the survivalists. And I think it's also going to get people who are just really into forests and the legends and lore of our great forests of our planet because there's a lot of interesting aspects that I get into. For example, this whole story about mushrooms are from outer space. You know, we may have heard that before. Um, some of us, you know, may have may have had some experience with certain types of mushrooms that definitely indicated, oh, this is from outer space. Um, but, th- you know, what's the science behind that? And so I I've done a detailed analysis of the science behind the idea that mushrooms actually come from other planets, that they're not originally from here, and that they're actually producing spores right here on the planet, right here in the forest, that can that can actually survive the vacuum of space. That's unbelievable information. And I, I tracked down the data, the books that were written about mushroom spores and their electron density, and that they basically approximate metals. I, you know, all that stuff is in there. And, and you know, I'd say a little bit of the stuff that I put into Naked Chocolate, um, but I don't normally get into in my books. I, I got into that kind of stuff in this book, stuff that's fascinating kind of page-turning information. And David, the reason I ask is because both of us have seen over the years how everyone can benefit from chaga, not just people who like to eat super, super healthy or who are raw foodists or a vegan. We've seen people make teas, elixirs, smoothies, maybe like once in the morning or once every couple of days. And with something like chaga and some of the other super herbs, it seems to do a world of good even for people even who aren't into superfoods and super herbs. That's right. It, it's, it is very entry level. That's what I love about Shaga and Rishi is it's entry level. You could be on Kentucky Fried Chicken and drink Shaga tea and you're okay because it, it's soft and it's gentle and it's food for your immune system. It doesn't, it's not an abrasive alkaloid containing, you know, tea tree oil or oregano oil or something that's just like shocks the system. No, no, no. This is stuff that's gentle on the system, that's healing, that's cooling, that's soothing. Um, another thing about chaga, too, by the way, is it's, a, it's an extraordinarily high content of antioxidants. It has an extraordinarily high antioxidant content. Um, it's one of the highest in the world. It's, it's second, really, only to cacao. It's three-quarters, or it's about two-thirds of what cacao is. It's amazing, and it's antioxidant quality. And when you were just speaking, I was thinking about, actually, one thing me and you probably take for granted is how good it tastes. I mean, we, t- we drink stuff that tastes like tree bark all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Chaga actually tastes amazing. It does. It, it it has those vanilla notes. You know, it has the vanillic acid in it. And it's just one of those things that when you have a good Shaga tea, you're you're so happy. You just feel it. You're like, oh, this is incredible. And and the way you approach Shaga, by the way, is you have to look at what your lifestyle is like. You know, if you can get the wild material, make tea, great. Um, if you're on the go like I am, I travel with Shaga tincture. You know, the Shaga tinctures that I make. Um, Shaga mycelium, because it's a powder, so easy. Just throw it in a smoothie or you can just eat it. You know, just throw it into its dressing or throw it onto your food. Um, and then, you know, some, some of us are, you know, we're on the go and we like to do the capsules. That's another way to do it. So I do cover in this book every type of Shaga product, what's in them and, and why you would want to take them or, you know, what's the, the different angle. My feeling there is I do it all. I do every single type of Shaga product. I've, I've actually done every single type of Shaga product in one drink, and, and I've done that regularly. I want to talk to you about your wildcrafted Chaga tincture in a moment. People listening to this interview are going to get an opportunity to pre-order the book with a very special offer. And speaking of the wildcrafted tincture, what is it about Chaga, the tincture itself, that makes it unusually beneficial for our health? And what do we mean when we use the term wildcrafted? Okay, well, wildcrafted means that you've actually gone out and you've gotten a wild chaga off a tree and you've dried it in the sun. 
that's really what a wildcrafted product is. It's something you've pulled from nature. So it's not coming from a farm. It's not coming from a laboratory. With the alcohol extract, what we're doing is we're taking the wild shaga material and we're extracting it with alcohol, which alcohol is able to draw out the alcohol slash fat soluble substances that are in the shaga. And those substances are basically very powerful antiviral, anti-tumor, kind of anti-metastatic substances. Um, so they have a very interesting immunological benefit that's immediate. Um, that's the, another thing about alcohol tinctures is that it's much more fast acting. So let's say if you're getting a cold, uh, you know, it's starting to come on, boom, you hit the tincture, you're, it's going to act quicker than, say, digesting the food or drinking, say, a shaga tea. And with the wildcrafted tincture, is it something we can be taking on a regular basis? What's the way to approach the sort of use of a wildcrafted chaga tincture? It's 100% organic ethanol is what's used. And you, if you don't want to use alcohol, then what you could do is you could actually squirt that chaga tincture into a tea that you're making because the alcohol boils off at a lower temperature than water does and then evaporate the alcohol off and then get those compounds into the tea and, and get the same benefit. But generally with a chaga tincture, you, you are gonna, you're going to get some, you're going to get some active, immediately available immunological nutrients. And th and actually, the research on that is incredible. Like the, the enotodiols, basically, those are the fat-soluble substances in the shaga, are extremely well-researched in regards to different cell lines of cancer. And I put all that research in the book, so you could so you, you get the exact data. Now, what I've also done is I've actually taken the different cancers that have been studied with chaga and listed them you know, like Ewing sarcoma, colon cancer, and all that kind of stuff. Just just for folks out there who are looking to enhance their cancer-fighting protocols, you know, they can get some real specific information here. Um, I never want to say anything cures anything because, that it's first of all, it's illegal, and second of all, it's, it's just not correct. You know, I, my feeling is like, hey, you know, you just channel all the good stuff in and you let nature take its course and you stack the odds in your favor and, you, you know, you bet, you know, bet based on, on the odds. But Shaga is an excellent part of your immunological arsenal and it's a good thing to have as an add-on into your protocol. Okay, fantastic. So if you've just joined us, I'm here with David Avocado Wolf. He's the author of the upcoming book, Chaga, King of the Medicinal Mushrooms. This is an extraordinary book that's being released now. And if you're listening to this, you're going to have the opportunity to get a special pre-order offer on this book. And I know, Dave, that you are never idle. And as soon as you complete one project, I know another one's in the work. So what's on the horizon for David Wolf bookwise? I, I am uh, now knee deep into the Longevity Now program rewrite and, and thinning that down. I'm trying to get that out as a, as a paperback that can actually get out onto a onto a store shelf. That's where that is. So I'm going to have to trim it. I'm going to have to update it. It's going to be rewritten, redone. So that's that's the next project that's that's on the uh, docket over here. And you're definitely getting more and more into the public eye. I was actually watching U.S. Open tennis last night, and flipping through the guide, I saw the commercial for the Superfood Juicer. I thought, I wonder if that's the name of David's new commercial. And sure enough, I went on there, and there's you speaking to an audience about nutrition extraction. It's incredible what's happening. It's really amazing. And it's, it's really a very strong testament to goal setting. You know, I had set a goal of putting out a show like that 20 years ago. 
and it happened. It, you know, God's delays aren't God's denials. It, it took a while, but it, it, it happened just as I had written it down 20 years ago. So to me, it's a very strong cooperation that goal setting works. And to everybody listening, I just want you to know I've been goal setting for 25 years. It works and get your goals on paper. Don't just think it, ink it and, and help yourself out. Stack the odds in your favor. Make your life easier by putting your goals on paper. And Dave, it's exciting for all of us because we see this now going mainstream, which is really what we've always wanted. We've wanted superfood nutrition, super herbs, just to be part of the mainstream culture, the the vernacular, as it were, just in everyday common speech with people, you know, having goji berries come up or coconut oil. And more and more now we see all this stuff becoming mainstream, stuff that maybe 15 years ago you were sort of the only voice for and where, you know, it was very fringe. It's exciting. It's really exciting. And I, and I have to believe that it's like this, you know, we're all part of one mind. And like it, the time for superfoods is here. The immunological super herbs, especially medicinal mushroom, that time is coming by right now, just like today. So this is your host, Lucian Gothier. I'm here with David Wolf. We've just been discussing his new Chaga book that's coming out, Chaga, King of the Medicinal Mushrooms. And if you're listening to this interview, you have a chance to take advantage of a very special offer. Our offer is 10% off that wildcrafted Chaga tincture we talked about earlier. And we are giving you a free ebook, Chaga ebook, that goes with your order. So take advantage now. Click the link below. And Dave, we just want to thank you so much for putting forth all this effort into the research, the writing, and also the speaking and the lecturing about Chaga. It's helped so many, so many people. And we just want to thank you and hope to talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Lou, and everybody out there. Have the best day ever. 